Good evening. More on the uh, killing comment by uh, President Biden regarding Facebook and Facebook's alleged misinformation, allowing misinformation to be published uh, concerning uh, vaccinations and concerning the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, More protesting, pro and con, the government of Cuba. And then we discuss with protesters from Ban Drones, an organization that wants to ban drones, the uh, the story of Daniel Hale, the whistleblower facing 10 years in prison. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the news for Sunday, July 18th, 2021. And German Chancellor Angela Merkel surveyed what she called a surreal, ghostly scene in a devastated village today pledging quick financial aid and a redoubled political focus on curbing climate change as the death toll from floods in Western Europe climbed above 180. Climate scientists say the link between extreme weather and global warming is unmistakable and the urgency to tackle climate change undeniable. Merkel played down the threat, though, pushing the solution into the future, as many leaders do. She said one flood isn't the example of climate change, but if we look at the loss events of recent years, decades, then they are simply more frequent than they were previously. Previously, so we must make a great effort. Belgium and Holland were also hit by catastrophic flooding. And here in the U.S., the Surgeon General said Sunday, that's today, that he's concerned about what lies ahead with cases of COVID-19 increasing in every state, millions still unvaccinated, and a highly contagious virus variant spreading rapidly, noting that nearly all coronavirus deaths now are among the tens of millions of people who have not gotten shots despite widespread vaccine availability. Dr. Vivek Murphy, Murphy painted an unsettling picture of what the future could hold. He said, we are seeing increasing cases among the unvaccinated in particular. I've been very consistent in what I've said to the technology companies, and I've spoken with a number of them over the last many months, and my team has as well. What I've effectively said is when we see steps that are good, uh, that are being taken, we should acknowledge those. And there have been some positive steps taken by these technology companies. Some of them have worked to try to promote accurate sources like the CDC and other medical sources. Others have tried to reduce the prevalence of false sources in search results. But what I've also said to them publicly and privately is that it's not enough, that we are still seeing a proliferation of misinformation online. And we know that health misinformation harms people's health. It costs them their lives. I've seen that as a doctor over the years, as patients have struggled with health misinformation. And here's a key thing to remember. Health misinformation takes away our freedom and our power to make decisions for us and for our families. And that's a problem. And this, the platforms have to recognize that they've played a major role in the increase in speed and scale with which misinformation is spreading. And that was the U.S. Uh, Surgeon General speaking earlier Today, Um, on Friday, President Joe Biden had a stark warning for social media on COVID-19 misinformation. They're killing people. I mean, it really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And they're they're killing people. That uh, comment that Facebook and public and social media are uh, killing people by allowing false information to be uh, published on their sites about COVID-19, that got a Facebook rebuttal. 
It continued its pushback Saturday against Biden's comments that social media platforms were killing people with COVID-19 misinformation. In a blog post from its vice president of integrity, uh, Guy Rosen, the post states that the facts tell a very different story to the one promoted by the administration in recent days. Rosen wrote, at a time when COVID-19 cases are rising in America, the Biden administration has chosen to blame a handful of American social media companies. He continued, while social media plays an important role in society, it's clear that we need a whole of society approach to end this pandemic and facts, not allegations, should help inform that effort. I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that. And in more national news, three people were injured in a shooting Saturday night outside Nationals Park in Washington, D.C., sending baseball fans and players scrambling during a game. A fan outside of the stadium was one of the three people wounded, causing the game to be suspended and thousands of spectators to rush to safety after a short time of having to shelter in place. And that was the, uh, if you once saw the video with that sound, you would see literally large groups of people uh, quickly almost running out of the stadium as uh, the game was was, uh, suspended and is uh, being finished today, I'm told. The fan who was shot, a woman, is expected to recover. Police initially said in a statement posted on Twitter that four people were shot. Shootings are up all across the United States this year and last year, and uh, the president and in New York State, for example, uh, Governor Cuomo has said that uh, he's uh, declaring gun violence in his state a, a health emergency. And Cuban officials rallied tens of thousands of protesters in the streets on Saturday, nearly a week after they were stunned by the most widespread protests in decades. President Miguel Diaz-Canel accompanied by 90-year-old former President Raul Castro, appeared on the seafront Malacón Boulevard that had been that had seen some of the largest protests against shortages in the political system the previous weekend. He made an impassioned speech blaming unrest on the United States and its economic embargo, the blockade, aggression, and terror, he called it, as the crowd waved Cuban flags and those of the July 26th movement that Fidel Castro led during Cuba's revolution. He continued... The enemy has returned to throw all it has at destroying the sacred unity and tranquility of the citizens. Meanwhile, in Florida, anti-Havana protesters gathered in front of the White House demanding U.S. intervention in Cuba yesterday. We are asking not only Biden, not just Biden, but the United Nations and UNICEF to defend the rights of the Cuban people, said one of the protesters. A lot of people here, they're dressing bloods with holes on their white shirts with um, fake blood to represent all those people that are dying in Cuba. But his sentiment is far from um, the same held by everybody in Latin America. In La Paz, the capital of Bolivia, locals, including former politicians, staged a protest Uh, outside the U.S. embassy last week to protest what they say is U.S. interference in Cuba. Dozens, including Bolivia indigenous peoples, first began gathering at the Plaza Isabel La Catolica, holding posters and flags of Cuba before marching to the United States embassy to demand an end to the embargo on the island.
The embargo, first imposed in 1962, prevents American businesses from trading with the country and has been criticized by many for restricting public access to food, clean water, medicine, and other economic needs. In recent days, thousands of Cubans took to the streets of protests against Diaz-Canel amid a worsening economic crisis, a record number of COVID-19 cases, and lack of basic goods. And Diaz-Canel, as we heard earlier, has since accused the United States of orchestrating the unrest via social media campaigns by sending mercenaries to the country. And here in New York, yesterday, a press conference was held on the High Line in New York City to support former Air Force intelligence analyst Daniel Hale, who faces 10 years in prison on July 27th. That's his sentencing after releasing government documents revealing atrocities of the U.S. drone program and details of its inner workings, such as the creation of kill lists. The event was organized by BandKillerDrones.org and held at an art installation by Sam Durant called Untitled Drone. We gotta stand, we gotta stand with Daniel Hale. Daniel Hale was a worker in Air Force Intelligence. We gotta stand with Daniel Hale. He listened to his conscience and he shared some documents. We gotta stand with Daniel Hale. We gotta stand, we gotta stand, we gotta stand with And that was the Raging Grannies New York contingent singing uh, Stand With Daniel Hale. Margaret Kimberly is with the Black Agenda Report. She says Africa is next in the sights of the U.S. military, and she fears that drones uh, could cause the same kind of chaos and has been causing the same kind of chaos in Africa as it has in Central Asia. Daniel Hale is being punished for doing what the Attorney General and others failed to do, defend legal rights and expose government wrongdoing. And now he awaits sentencing in the Eastern District of Virginia, the notorious hanging court for whistleblowers. Black Alliance for Peace has a particular interest in the use of drones in Africa, part of the U.S. Africa Command, known as AFRICOM. BAP's signature campaign no compromise, no retreat, defeat the war against black African people in the U.S. and abroad, includes among its demands shutting down AFRICOM. We know there are drone bases in Djibouti, Somalia, Kenya, Ethiopia, and Niger. Only a few African nations are not involved in AFRICOM and are therefore under the control of the U.S. military. One of the reasons that Daniel Hale publicly denounced drone programs was to expose the wanton killing taking place. Wedding parties, funeral parties, public gatherings of any kind were at risk of drone attack. And anyone who was killed was called a combatant or an insurgent or given some other name, which implied that the person lost a right to live if killed by the U.S. Hale is paying a big price because he wanted the world to know what the U.S. does. And that is Margaret Kimberly. She spoke with WBAI afterwards about the work to support Hale. I was here to support Daniel Hale to speak out against the selective persecution and prosecution by the United States government. And I was representing the Black Alliance for Peace and our stance opposed to drone programs to AFRICOM 
and to all of the wrongdoing that Daniel Hale has exposed. What does a whistleblower represent? What does that mean to, to buy people one piece? Well, whistleblowing has been deemed illegal by the first black president who used the Espionage Act more than all of his predecessors combined. And Black Alliance for Peace, one of our goals is to reawaken the radical political positions that black people have traditionally had. And what do you think is going to happen today? He's going to be sentenced, isn't he? He's going to get 10 years in prison, possibly. Uh, yes, unfortunately, the Eastern District of Virginia is the hanging court for whistleblowers. Whistleblowers are not allowed any defense. I'm afraid he's going to do a long period of time, but we must speak up for him in any case. Is this going to scare away other whistleblowers? That's the goal. That is their goal. Who wants to end up in jail for years? Who wants to end up like Julian Assange or Chelsea Manning or any of the other people? So, yes, that is the goal, to try to stop whistleblowing, to silence people altogether. Do you think the Biden administration might pardon him or commute his sentence or something like that? Who knows? I would not count on it, though. And that was Margaret Kimberly and uh Susan Schnell, the head of Veterans for Peace in New York, likened Hale to other whistleblowers and discussed the damage done by the military herbicide Agent Orange during the Vietnam War. When I hear Daniel's story, I know that he represents so many other young people in the military who are forced to follow the orders of our government, our generals, and we, the American people, have a responsibility to stop it. We have military bases over 800 places in the world. 800. Come on, give me a break. Do we really think that 800 places in the world need our military bases to pollute, to destroy, to kill innocent people? I just want to take you back. Not only were we killing children and men and women, but we were poisoning the land with an herbicide called Agent Orange Dioxin. This is 60 years later, and the people in Vietnam continue to suffer. I'd also like us to think about Edward Snowden, who gave the American people the information that the United States government was spying on everybody. Ed Snowden said, this is what is going on in our country that some people think of as the land of the free and the home of the brave. It becomes the home of the brave when people are able to speak out and say no more. And that was Susan Schnell, the head of Veterans for Peace in New York and an activist in the movement to uh, help people poisoned by Agent Orange, uh, was sprayed on soldiers as well as Vietnamese people and people in Laos and Cambodia by the U.S. military during that war. And Deborah Sweet of the organization World Can't Wait says the cause of the U.S. war machinations is capitalism and imperialism. Daniel Hale went into the military and his own description is that he was homeless and desperate and the only place he could go was the Air Force that would take him. And he learned firsthand how these weaponized and surveillance drones are used. He had a picture of it. He wanted us to have the picture of it so that we could understand these drones target and kill 
people of color around the world and increasingly in the in this country for the purpose of what defending and holding on to an empire he wanted us to know that it is impossible for these drones not to kill unarmed people and that for the most part the rules of engagement that margaret talked about developed by the obama administration decided that any men aged 18 or over were to be designated armed combatants and therefore they could be killed. Why is it that someone acting in the interests of humanity to expose the crimes of this government faces much more time than people who actually carry out those crimes? And that's Deborah Sweet. She's with the organization World Can't Wait. On Tuesday, July 27th, Daniel Hale is scheduled to be sentenced in federal court, possibly up to 10 years in prison after pleading guilty to one count of violating the 1917 Espionage Act. He's accused of providing government documents to The Intercept and of anonymously writing a chapter for the 2016 book, The Assassination Complex Inside the Government's Secret Drone Warfare Program. And that's some of the news for Sunday, July 18th, 2021. The news is produced by Linda Perry. Our engineer is Max Schmid. From New York City, I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening.